Hi, Lee Judges here, and you're watching Eurotrip. Hello, and welcome to the Eurotrips podcast. Once again, we are back talking all things domestic football, but with a bit of a twist. So rather than our normal roundup of all the European League, we've gone for a bit of a sort of award sort of episode. So basically, we've gone for a few categories that we're going to give our sort of own opinions of. Um, so before before we reveal what these are, um, I'm your host, Andy, and I'm once again joined by our series regulars, Alex, Naeem and Ryan. How are you all? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you, mate. I'm on time this week. I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm all good. All good here. Um, anyone who follows Ryan, you know he's now started doing boxing articles. So anyone's check out any, if you guys are interested in boxing, you know, who listen to the boxing podcast we do, uh, do check his articles out. Um, Alex has revealed his, um, it's the, um, he's done an article which he did allude to last week where he's basically gone through the five leagues and gone through various mm. stats. Mm. So um, do check that out as well. Um, right. So the categories we've gone for this week are um, basically we've each, each week going to go through our individual opinions. So it's going to be the best goal of the last 10 years. Um, it's also going to be who we think is going to win the Ballon d'Or next. Um, the best goal no one ever talked about. Uh, the most underrated and the most overrated player of all time. Um, and the biggest footballing pet peeve. And if we get time, we're going to rank our top 10 biggest clubs in the world. But if we do fail to get time, we will do it in our next uh, podcast that we do in a similar vein. So we're going to start with the best goal of the last 10 years. Now, I'm going to start with this one. Now, this one you may think I would never pick, but I've gone for one that's going to upset me talking about. But I've gone for Gareth Bale against Liverpool. I think that um, for me, it's the second ever, second best ever Champions League final goal of all time behind Zidane. Um, and I do think that it did hurt me at the time. You just can't look past that goal and you can't look past how good of a goal. To do something like an overhead kick in a massive game like the Champions League final is um, is quite special, I think, personally. I think that there's a reason why no one's done it. In, apart from Mandzukic the year before, not many players have done this and that proves how hard it is to do something like that. So that's why I've gone for Gareth Bale against Liverpool for the for the event it was. It was a final. Um, for I think it was, it was 1-1 at the time, so it was quite a tight game. And have nothing to do something like that is just for me exceptional. Um, so I'm gonna go to Alex next. What's okay, your well, for starters, I, I would have put your one in um, the the goals forgotten because I forgot about the bail goal, and I feel like that, that one gets overshadowed by Carrius's performance. So, like, yeah. I'm not saying it's an amazing, not an amazing goal, I think I, it's one I forgot about. Um, mine's really, 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 really boring. Um, do you want to guess? I feel like you can guess. Think of an obvious, amazing goal of the past 10 years. Um, Ronaldo? No. Messi? Oh, wow. Okay. No, I was guessing. It's Zlatan. Zlatan against England. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Fair enough. Oh, I, oh, that goal. Yeah. The overhead kit. There's, I, 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 you know, I, I, remember, I, I remember that very clearly. So it's not anecdotal. I was uh, a young ginger child, very uh, moody, very moody teen. And uh, I'd had an argument with my parents, probably over not being able to play PlayStation enough. And uh, my dad <laughs> called me to come downstairs and said, Alex, Alex, you've got to come down. And he's, he's a northern man. He doesn't really care about anything. Uh, he sounded very animated. He, he made me come down to watch that Zatan goal. And I'm, I'm very happy I did because, wow, what a goal. I don't, I, I don't think anything's ever come close, really. I mean, I'm trying to think. The, 
I, 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 the only thing that could beat you is a goalkeeper scoring. Um, so Allison, Allison scoring was up there, but I think it's left hand wins it. Fair enough. Um, Ryan, who have you gone for? What's your goal? So there's so many to choose from. I was watching a, a YouTube compilation earlier of you know top goals over the last ten years, and there's just so many. I, I normally like a team goal more than a solo goal kind of thing. Um, so I tried to look at one that has potentially both. Uh, I've, as an Arsenal fan, I mean, Jack Wilshere against Norwich is up there. Uh, Messi has got two or three against Athletic Bilbao that are up there. I, I went I went for one that probably not a lot of people know about, and that's Kevin Prince-Botem scoring against Villarreal in 2016. Uh, it was sort of like a a pass to the, you know inside the box, but one of the players on uh, Boateng's team basically kind of done a, a Rabona flick in the air to the back post and then Boateng sort of uh, it looked bicycle sort of kicked it basically into the into the back far net so it's worth checking out on YouTube uh, um, you know a lot of people may disagree with it but I just everything about it was uh, was, it was really good from my opinion Oh, fair play, fair play. I've actually, I don't think I've ever seen this goal, so I will be one of the ones checking it out after the game. Um, and finally, Naeem, what have you gone for as your um, as your goal? Well, Ryan kind of mentioned it in um, his little options before there, but I'm going to be biased and go for Jack Wilshere against Norwich. I have no problems with this. I think it's an amazing goal. But um, yeah, no, I just like the way obviously it's just like little one touches, and then you know Wilshere pretty much just literally passes it into the net. But yeah, it was it was back when you know Arsenal used to play good, some good football under Wenger. So um, yeah, no, um, I, I would say yeah, that's one of my favourite uh, goals over the last of the last ten years. I think I think with these goals, right? I think I don't know about you guys, but uh, I've definitely got this from my dad. I feel like there, there's two zones for great goals. It's either the one like Nadim was describing there, or Nadim Nine, sorry, uh, was describing there. Um, I like these great passing moves that are more sec- They're more about technique and skill, I guess, or like more about a team. And then I, I feel like I've been brought up to dislike hit and hopes. So like long shots that are from far and I happen to go like like Patrick Schick's goal in the Euros. Like it's great, but it's a one in a million chance of going in. And I feel I don't know. Like, I just don't feel like I feel like nine times out of ten that just misses. So and it's just like I, I say this Latin goal because it's so outrageous. And do you know, know another one that's come to my head? Think about um this is the only time I hit and hope works. Do you remember Nemanja Matic's goal against? Man, I think it was Tottenham in an FA mm, Cup semi-final. Yeah, the first, it's when Kurt Zuma has that meme celebration. Yeah. He rifles it into the top corner. But that's a very, <laughs> that's a very good one. Oh, definitely, definitely. And um, what we're going to do, we're going as, as, as we did with the um, team of the seasons, we will put all our four goals, all our four sort of votes on the Twitter page, and we'll let you guys decide your overall winner of the four. So, our next category. Is gonna be, is gonna be who we think is gonna win the next Ballon d'Or. So, um, sort of in terms of the one coming up, I believe every January, I think it is. So it'll be coming up in probably five or six months. Um, so I'm gonna let Naeem go first on this one. Who are you going for? Um, I reckon, I reckon I'll probably give it to Lionel Messi. Probably, mm-hmm. um, because obviously he's 
won his first ever international trophy. Um, he had a, obviously had a good season at Barcelona last season, but um, with with the Ballon d'Or sort of awards, it is kind of biased. Like usually, it's, it usually goes to someone that's won quite a few trophies that season. But obviously, Messi is a great player. But I reckon it'll probably be out of him. Um, and I reckon maybe Jorginho might be in like the top five because obviously he's won the Champions League and the Euros. So I reckon yeah, they'll give it to Lionel Messi this year. I don't know how many he's won, but yeah, it'd probably be like from sixth, maybe seventh. I don't know. Yeah, Lionel Messi, I'm going to go for. Yeah, I've I've gone for the exact same. I think the fact that he obviously was once again top scorer in La Liga uh, and top it off, he finally got that international trophy that he was craving. So. Yeah, I've also gone for um, for Messi, and I think Jorginho is definitely a shout because I think he was brilliant in uh, both finals, especially the Euro. The whole Euro is not just a final, and I think that he's ha- had a really good few months if you exclude the back pass against Arsenal. So I do think that um, sadly, it's it's very hard for the same things. That's why defenders never win it in goalkeepers. It's because it's always it's very hard for non-attacking players to win it. And I think that's why Jorginho will struggle to get it because he's not. Yeah. It's not glamorous enough sort of thing. That people like the ones who score the goals or create the goals. Um, so they had exceptions like Cannavaro won it. Obviously Neuer was up for top three. Van Dijk, same thing. But it's always tends to be, doesn't it? it always tends to be yeah. um, just the attackers and normally Ronaldo or Messi. Um, now we're going to go to Ryan next. Have you gone for anyone different or have you gone for Messi as well? I have gone for someone different. A bit of a, a bit of a wild card pick. Um, I've gone for Haaland. Ooh. I've, I don't know necessarily if it'll be the next one because I kind of thought, you know, maybe I think Messi, although he's had a good, you know, tournament tournament internationally, I can't see Barcelona pulling up any trees this season in La Liga. I think they'll struggle. So I kind of think he'll be overshadowed and I think it's there for either Mbappe or or Haaland to take it. Maybe even Lewandowski if he sort of recreates what he done last season in the Bundesliga. So, but yeah, I think I think Haaland's in with a shout if he has a good start to the season. Yeah, and I think in terms of the person to win it next, that isn't Ronaldo or Messi. I think certainly it'll most likely be either Mbappe or Haaland personally. Um, but I still think for now, I think them two are just still the best. So I think that one of those two will be the next to win the Bandle. But yeah, uh, but to the next one, I think it will be Messi personally. Um, Alex, who have you gone for? Uh, well, I've gone for Messi, but I want to make things interesting because I think I think Ryan Shout doesn't even get in the top ten uh, because Ooh. because uh, well, one the voting for the Ballon d'Or is done uh, in, in like September, so there's not really any chance of Harlem making unless he scores a thousand goals <laughs> in, inside like ten games. I know he's doing it. Also, you know, the, the reasoning was um, that Messi, you know, hasn't really won anything with Barcelona. Haaland's won a DFB Pokal. Messi's won the Copa America. And also Lewandowski scored like 10 more, no, I think like 15 more goals than him. I think Lewandowski, if you're going for an exterior shout, it's Jorginho or Lewandowski. Um, but yeah, my, mine was Messi. Uh, but I, I felt like it's boring for either saying Messi. So I want to pose a question because this is what... I wrote it down as well because I thought like, this would come up. Uh, as Andy alluded to there, who will win the next Ballon d'Or next year? One, we can assume that's, Messi's probably going to tail off this one. My one is Mbappe. That's kind of the reason why I went for for Haaland, as, I, as I, I didn't really know when the voting started or opened or 
or when they announced yeah, it. Yeah, Harlan next year is a, lo- a much more logical one. Uh, 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 let's hear it. Uh, I, I think I guess I think, it depends on what people do in the World Cup, but obviously, like you said, obviously it's September, so obviously it's going to be yeah, uh, the world, yeah, well, the World Cup won't come into it. Kind of won't come, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think Mbappe's more likely. I think because Haaland, I think, will stay at Dortmund another year, and I don't think I don't think Dortmund will be doing well enough in sort of any of the tournaments mm-hmm. to really get that sort of attention. Whereas I think PSG may well win the Champions League. You know, I think Mbappe. You know, he, he, he could be he most likely be the star man. If they win it, he most he'll be most likely be the person behind that. So I do think that um obviously I think start of twenty twenty two, Messi will win it, but I do think um sort of the next calendar year one, I think um Mbappe I think is the most likely to do it. Oh wait, actually Maybe I'm Neymar. changing my shout. Oh uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say I said Mbappe, I'm changing it to Neymar. Mm. Yeah. Uh, shout. Mm. Good one to be fair. Uh, I- Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. To be fair, it's just a hard one, really, isn't it? Because you just don't know if anyone's going to get injured or if you know. I don't know if players will fall off, but I, I want to say it's going to be someone from La Liga. I'd say maybe even uh, if he goes to City, how he came possibly or Grealish. Mm. Never know. Yeah, I think, I think City are more of a team. Team, though, isn't they? They're not really, you know, they've got, yeah, that's the, yeah. then sort of focus around one kind of player like, uh, like PSG kind of do with Messi and, uh, with Neymar and Mbappe kind of thing. So it's up for grabs. Mm. Also, um, last thing on this as well. Um, you know, obviously, last year they didn't have the Ballon d'Or. Obviously, that Lewandowski should have won it that year, but obviously mm. they cancelled it because of COVID. But yeah, I think that was his best chance of winning it because, you know, obviously he won the treble, you know, he was his top goal scorer for Bayern Munich. Um, so, yeah, I reckon he'd probably be in a probably top 10 um, nominations this year at the round, though. But, Maybe even Ronaldo. Yeah. Really top, goal, top goal scorer at the Euros, top goal scorer in Serie A. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Maybe. But, I, I, think, I think the trophy for Messi will top him first. I think Ronaldo, yeah, same sort of domestic season as Messi, but I do think that that Messi won, you know, won the Copa America. I think that might, I think that they do like to focus on trophies, don't they, when it comes yeah, to Ballon d'Or. So I do they, think they also do take a um, career into it, which leans it to why Modric won it. And it, it does make you think if Neymar, if PSG win the Champions League next season and Neymar makes more than like 30 appearances, I reckon they'll give it to him purely because, mm. not purely, but like you can assume he'll do well. And I think his career will come into it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. I mean, um, I, I think Mbappe's got more chance just because he's more sort of the, the golden boy, isn't he, at the moment? So, uh, so yeah. Um, right, we're going to a bit of a, a bit of a, of a, ro- a rogue one, one that I think we all admitted in our group chat that we struggled to, to think of one as a definite answer. I mean, I took me a long time to think of a definite one because I didn't want to, I didn't want to sort of cheat and sort of YouTube it because I want to sort of try and make my own decision based on my initial thoughts. It's going to be the best goal no one ever talks about. So we think a great goal. You think of the likes of Zidane's against by Leverkusen. I mentioned Gareth Bale's against Liverpool. You mentioned Rooney's against uh, Man City. You talk about all these goals that everyone talks about from years years gone by. But I think there are some goals that are exceptional, but no one seems to mention them. So we're going to go to Ryan first on this one. What have you got as the best goal no one ever talks about? So I don't know how how often this is talked about amongst other fans 
Mm. I went down a similar route to you and try not to to research it and just to think of one off the top of my head. Mm. Um, being an Arsenal fan, I I went for Mesut Ozil's goal against Ludogorets in the Champions League, just for everything about the goal. It was an amazing goal, and the fact that just because it was against a slightly small Champions League club, I don't think it does get the recognition it deserves and doesn't get talked about often enough. Um, I don't know, but that might just be, you know, me and the Arsenal fans. But I don't know. That was mine. Is that is that, is that the one where he saw that little dink over the keeper and then that little finish? Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, that, that brings a bell now. Were they, even like, were they away as well? Wasn't it? it was that away, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't the Emirates. It was away, sort of skipped past three players and dummies at twice and then dinks over the keeper. So we've had, we've had two Arsenal players mentioned already in the first three categories. Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no biasy here. <laughs> oh, no, no not, not at all. I didn't think that for a second. Didn't think that for a second. <laughs> um, right, Naeem, what have you gone for? Hmm. Ooh, tough one. I was going to go with... I'm going to be biased again and go for Van Persie against Trollman, but people do kind of... Well, people do speak about that volley, but... Um, I'm going to go with Human Son against Burnley. Um, it obviously only happened well, about I think last, not about a year ago or so. Um, he pretty much picks the ball up from his own half or pretty much his own box, and he pretty much runs the length of the field. I think he gets past about four or five Burnley players and then slots it in. Like obviously, people talked about it at the time, but I think it's like one of those solo goals that won't be talked um, as much. Was it probably because it's Tottenham? But yeah, I'm going to go with that one as one that no one really talks about, which I did, I did think it was a good good goal and Son is a good player. So, mm. yeah, that's that's what I've gone for. Fantastic. Yeah, that, that, that was an amazing goal. I mean, I was, I was actually in America when that when that game, when that goal happened. And then I'm just, albeit I was at Liverpool fans bar in Boston, it was just, everyone was watching that sort of at half-time. When they went through the goals at half-time, so I think England should do more. Um, but they do in America, or a lot of European countries, where... So they they showed the highlights of the goal and everyone was just like, oh my god, what a goal that is! It's just just insane. Um, right, Alex, what is your goal that no one no one ever talks about? Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna beef all of you. Um, I think the goal so far that we mentioned have been very very good, but um, I, I I think they've forgotten because they're they're not they're they're not best of all time. Right, and you may be thinking, how can you do the best of all times if if it's forgotten? Well, I'm about to hit you with a very good one. Uh, Michael Essien versus Barcelona oh, in 2009, which what a goal. many people when I when I say that instantly, you can picture it, you can remember it. Mm, Volley yeah. on on his weaker foot, and the only reason we don't know don't remember that game is that the rest of the game was overhauled. <laughs> But one of the worst refereeing displays of all time. But I think it was a a, a Danish referee, I believe, and he still gets he, he says he still gets death threats weekly to this day. For anyone who doesn't know, really to this day, yeah, till this day. There's an article this year. For anyone who doesn't know, it was Chelsea beat Barcelona. Essien scored a first time volley on like a loose ball, uh, about a good twenty five yards out, and it's pelted straight into the goal on his weak foot. And it, it, that, I think that was at Stamford Bridge too. The whole mm. the whole of Bridge went mental. One of the best goals probably in Champions League uh, football history. But then Chelsea have about six penalty claims for the rest of yeah. the game <laughs> and get none given. It's, it's the, if anyone 
It's still a bit confused. It's the famous clip where Didier Dropper goes straight to the camera and says, it's a fucking disgrace. And yeah. in his autobiography, he, in his autobiography Dropper, actually, uh, just a fun thing on this, he, 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 he makes a lot of peace in that book with lots of different people. With a referee in that game, he still says it, like he should have retired straight after that. It was a horrible performance. But yeah, I think that's the best goal everyone's forgotten about, and it's entirely not Essien's fault. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching that game, and God, the refereeing was absolutely terrible. I mean, it was just like every decision that they had just didn't go their way. And I mean, if someone told me that there was match fixing in any game, in any football game in history, I'd say that's the one that, that happened. Um, it was just there's terrible. A, there's, there's a worse one than that, and that's Arsenal against United, Mike Dean in 2005, I think it was. Oh, well, that when the, um, run end, the unbeaten run ended? Yep. Yep, I remember that. I mean, I thought you can say Arsenal against Barca when um, Van Persie got sent off. That's another one as well. Yep. 0.02 seconds after the whistle. Yeah. I do. I, I do. I'm going to quickly change my answer though, if I can. Um, one, pop, one, pop, <laughs> one popped into my head when I was thinking about it. Um, Santi Cazorla's free kick in the whole FA Ooh, Cup final, yeah. just because it was a trophy that we had to win, and it was the start of a comeback, and it was a great free kick. All right, so I'm going to change yours to Cazorla. Are you sure you want to change before I change yeah. it on paper? Yeah, so Cazorla against Hull. Right, so my one is a game where basically it was Palace against QPR. QPR were 3-0 down with seven minutes left. It was a, it's a consolation goal, which is why no one talks about it. Matt Phillips against uh, Crystal Palace for QPR. If anyone doesn't know what this game, basically, um, so they, they get the ball sort of in their own heart of half, and they're passing it round. Um, and then out of nowhere, Matt Phillips picks up the ball pretty much by the, the centre circle and just hits um, a massive shot and it goes over the keeper's head. I don't know whether any of you remember this goal. Do you remember, any of you remember this goal? It was... Um... I'm watching it now. It's making, it's making me think of Charlie Adams' goal with Chelsea. I mean, that, that was another one that was good. I mean, this is a goal he just absolutely just smacks it. And if, I think the reason why no one talked about it is because it was, first of all, a game involving two not not great sides and it was a consolation goal in a game that meant nothing in terms of the overall season so I think for me it's one of definitely one of the best mm. goals I've ever seen that no one talks about in my opinion uh, it's, because it's a great goal I mean it is one I mean, you know you mentioned that you didn't like these this hit and hope sort of shots which it, it was it was sort of you know I mean Essien's was as well so yeah mm. I mean Essien could say the same thing Essien's against Arsenal couldn't you as well in the Premier League yeah I've I was just thinking all of this is just making me think of Ricardo Quaresma. I feel like if he had, if he hit one of the goals he did in his career, it'd be talked about forever. It's because he hit so yeah. many bangers. They're just all collected <laughs> into one. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, right, we're going to go now to our next category, which is the most, the most underrated and the most overrated players of all time. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to let everyone go for their two at the same time. Um, so... Actually, well, I'm going to change it, actually. We'll go for underrated first and then overrated. So we're going to go to Alex first on this one. Who do you think is the most underrated player of all time? <laughs> well, uh, my overrated one, I'll say first. I haven't got one because, like you guys in the other category, I've sat here for a good 30 minutes. I still cannot think of most overrated player. But most underrated player is Neymar. <sighs> okay, tell me more. Um, I think I'm not going to sit here and claim he's the best player of all time or he's even at any point in his career been the best player like in the world but I just think his antics 
and a lot of negative press, which a lot of the time isn't completely fair or accurate, has really overshadowed what is like an incredibly talented player. And I, I, I think that's made him underrated. I think when most people think of Neymar, they'd liken him to a Yannick Balassi, someone does a lot of skills and falls over, or someone's just injured all the time, or out for the party. Where he is actually a very ruthless player, an extru- like the best dribbler in the world. I'll give him that. He's easily the best dribbler in the world. So I think uh, I think Neymar's most underrated. Right, I'm going to skip to my overrated. I've gone for Neymar's most overrated player. Right, let, all right, let's go. <laughs> no, like, no, no, I'll hear you out. I'll hear you out. Hey, <laughs> my thinking is right that I don't doubt that he's a good player. That's my thing. I I still think I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying he's a very very good player, but. I remember when he was solved at Barca, people saying, oh, he's the next player to get the Ballon d'Or. People had him as the third best player. I don't think he's ever really, apart from maybe a couple of games like the PSG comeback game, there's not been too many games where he's solved the big games where he's turned up, in my opinion. And that's why that's the only reason why I've put him as the most overrated is because it's, I, he, he looks good. You see him in the Champions League game, group stage, knockouts, maybe first round of knockouts, he looks good. But when he plays against the big teams, when he plays in these big games, most times... I don't think personally he performs as he normally does. And I think people are putting him in this sort of same bracket as, you know, at one point as Messi, Ronaldo, as um, even Lewandowski, people like that. And I think that um, personally, I think that he's never really truly. I know I'm a big fan of Harry Kane, who hasn't done the same thing, but I think that Neymar's talked about it in such high regard. And I don't quite think he's quite, I think he's a, a very good player, just about world class, but I would never say he's sort of in that. Top echelon of like top three, four best class. players in the world. Well, he wouldn't say top ten. No, top top. I would say top ten, top twenty. But I wouldn't say people put him in like the top four, three best players in the world at one point in his career. And I don't think he's ever been quite, in my opinion, that that level. I think he's a very good player, very good player. But I would never personally put him as high, sort of the same level as Messi, Ronaldo. Personally, um, I don't know what you boys think, Naim and Ryan, about that. Yeah, um, Naim and Ryan, you, you you talk first. Uh, I, 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 both, both of you got make good points. To be fair, like no politician, make a firm decision. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he is a bit underrated, though. To be fair, because every, when everyone, when you, when people speak about Neymar, they kind of just say, "Oh, he was diving this, that, the other." But if you look at the player himself, like you know, he's he's, he's got it all, isn't he? He's he's good at Oh, I don't doubt that. I don't yeah. doubt he's got it all. But um, yeah, I think he is a little bit under underrated, really, because everyone does, like I said, everyone does always goes to him, always play acting and whatnot. But when he does want to turn up, like he's he's one of the best players, obviously, in the world. So I think he, I think he's more underrated than overrated, in my opinion. But yeah, that's it. What, what do you think, Ryan? I, I do, in a sense, see what you mean when it comes to certain big games, because when I think of him in a couple of big games when he has actually scored most of the time it's already been when you know say Barcelona when they've already been one two or three nil up but he, he did, he's not often like a like a Messi and Ronaldo where he makes the difference in terms of that sense but I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a player closer to Ronaldinho than him since you know he retired I think he's just so he's so skillful and so so good to watch, and he does he does banging goals all season long, and he gets assists as well. It's just it's just, it's a shame that like it's like Alex says, you know, the negative headlines most of the time overshadow 
uh, what he's done. Um, but he's, I, I don't, I don't think he's he's overrated in my opinion. Fair enough, boys. Fair enough. I, I can see your point. Mine's just purely based on the fact that he's never been. He always gets talked about at some point in his career as the best in the world, and I never thought he's been quite, quite at that level. But still, a very good player. Don't get me wrong. Um, right, we're going to go to the back to underrated. Um, we'll go to Ryan next. Who have you got as your most underrated player of us of all time? Yeah. So there was two, but and I, I found it difficult to split them, but. I will stick with the first one I went for. Um, you know, not many young people know him, so because obviously he is of all time. I've gone for Gabriel Batistuta of Fiorentina and Argentina, um, just because he doesn't really get talked about enough for how good he really was, and considering he contributed to 296 goals. In 551 appearances for Fiorentina. So, and that's just Fiorentina. That's, you know, he weren't playing for one of the real, real big teams. So the fact that he, you know, he contributed to that many goals, you know, that's you know, that's, that's more than a goal every two games that he contributed to. And it was just a joy to watch for me. And I think, yeah, I mean, the other one was uh, was Georgi Hagi, um, another unreal player, played for both Real Madrid and Barcelona. But yeah, Batish due to Gabby goal for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Batish Tutor, he um, was certainly a character from all I've heard from sort of ex professionals, ex pundits. I think a lot of them do say how he was a big character off the field. They always but, are, though, the South Americans, aren't they? Oh, they are. <laughs> yeah, they, they love it. They, they love a pie. <laughs> Oh, they do. Like, Ronaldinho was massive, wasn't he? I think he was um, <laughs> talked about as maybe at one point trying to um, turn Messi into his sort of party lifestyle. And I think that's why they sold him in the end, was because they knew how talented Messi was. Because he actually did go down that route. <laughs> I'm, just, they're just so likeable, in my opinion. You know, I, I just can't, can't not dislike uh, Brazilian players and Argentinian players, for that matter, apart from Eric Lamella. <laughs> And I'll, I'll, I'll add him with Carlison on that note as well. Mm. Carlison, <laughs> doing all right at the Olympics so far. He's got a couple of goals. Mm. Yeah, he's a good player. I, I just hate him. Um, <laughs> so, Naeem, who is your most underrated player? Oh, I, I did go with one person before, but I, I changed my mind last minute. So, the first person I went for was Busquets, but... He is kind of is rated to be fair, but um, I've actually gone. I'm going to go a bit biased again. The next Arsenal player, I'm going to go with Santi Cazorla. Um, oh, that's a shout! Yeah, because mm, that's a good shout to be fair. Because obviously, with him, he was a two footed midfielder, you know, um, he could play deep, he could play on the wings, he was good at set pieces. I think, I think the only thing that stopped him from obviously hitting the top levels was his injuries. Um, that's that's probably why obviously people don't really speak about him as much, but technically, he's probably one of the um one of the better, better players we've had during the Emirates era so yeah I, I want to go with him and yeah when he when he played for Arsenal yeah I used to just love watching him play and it was a sad to see him go but you know injuries when you when you get too many injuries yeah he's you've got to go so I'm gonna go with Santi Cazorla. Fantastic right I was torn between two players I was torn between two players the one who for me just misses out is Dennis Irwin um I think that he was someone that 
every ex-player that played him always talk about how, how good he was as a teammate. He could play both right back and full back, and he was sort of part of that team, that sort of mid-90s team that controlled the Premier League for most of it. They won God knows how many Premier Leagues in, in the 90s, and then he was sort of big part of that. He could, if he, so he took penalties, he took free kicks. Um, and yeah, I think personally he was someone that was really good. And I may change my mind, but my player I've gone for is Claude Makaleli. Because um, I mean, he's got a role named after him, but no one seems to mention McAlady when it comes to some of the best players of all time. You look at it's sort of the, the, what he did. It's like it's like the he was a Kante before Kante, wasn't he? He was sort of the, yeah. the OG Kante, if you like. And I think that he, um, what I think he was off part of that Ch- Madrid team and then part of the Chelsea team. I think that he was so good at sort of basically. It, it was like watching Kante. Um, you know what, I'm going to change to Irwin. I saw that talk about Irwin has changed my mind. I'm going to be very, very controversial. I'm going to change from McAlee to Irwin. I think Dennis Irwin's going to get it for me. Um, yes. so scrap McAlee. I think McAlee is a good shout because I think he was, what he did was exceptional in terms of the way he controlled that midfield, sort of did the sort of unnoticed stuff in that it's, team. It's, it's, it's funny because when I looked online earlier, uh, an, an article someone wrote about the top 10 most overrated players of all time. Um, Busquets and Makaleli were f- third and fourth. Really? Yep. Who's right now? Cool. It wasn't the Sun, was it? Roberto Perez. Roberto Carlos was second somehow. No, that makes sense. That makes I mean, sense. He didn't actually do a lot of defending. Yeah, he was just <laughs> brilliant. I mean, Busquets, I suppose, probably just hate because he was a bit of a. I've got my overrated players. It took me a while to think about it. Uh, I want to say it has absolutely no relation to Andy going against my point of Neymar. <laughs> just want to make that sure. So yeah. I am I am stuck between two. It's either Kenny Dalglish or Allison as my most overrated players. Excuse me. I mean, I can't speak with Kenny Dalglish. Excuse me. Thank you. <laughs> All right, there we go. Um, so Kenny Dalglish, as you can see from Wikipedia that I've just Googled, um, he, he joined Liverpool in 1977 and uh, finished in 1990. And he got 118 goals as a striker. What's that, like 10 goals a year? That's a bit <laughs> shit. Um, oh, wait, no, that, that's a no. Uh, uh, excuse, 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 there's, there's, there's excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I've not finished my overrated <laughs> point. Thank you very much. Um, and then my other one for Alisson, this was actually a lot better founded. Um, uh, he, he, he's talked about, oh my God, he's one of the best goalkeepers. He committed the most errors in the Premier League last year. He committed seven, which is more than, for example, Tyrone Mings. More than <sighs> Mason Holgate. Which Ow. is quite bad, isn't it? Alex, Andy? Alex, so, Alex. Um, you're basically uh, you're basically on one season where you had a bit, bit of a dodgy period. No, no, You mentioned his goal he scored against West Brom. If you watch all the season before he that season, the what, Champions League final. What? This is going to go every weekend. The two seasons before. <laughs> no, look, look, look at look at the Champions League final. We beat Spurs. He made some crucial saves. He should he should be man of the match really in that game. He made some crucial saves when it was one nil. You look at the Barca game in the semi, how many important saves he made in that game. I mean, God knows how many saves he made important in the, in the Premier League season. We came second and then first. So I think you're basing this on just one bad season, maybe one bad spell he had, when really, over the course of his Liverpool career, he has been exceptional. And he's been, you know, like, Mourinho mentioned when Czech was at the club that he he wins the club 13, 14 points a year. And I think Alisson does the exact same. Um, he, I mean, 
obviously he had a difficult time last season, but you are forgetting that he did lose his dad and he couldn't go to his funeral. So I think that did impact him. And that's, it's no coincidence that his bad form started when that happened. And I think in terms of Dalgleish, we are judging on, on a different time where um, these days is a lot more sort of an attacking sort of orientated sport, whereas sort of back in back in those days, it was a bit more sort of, you know, focus on defence. But I think that, as Alison, I think it is more, that's more recently biased, and recency biased, in my opinion. But I do think that, Personally. Uh, I, I, I'll go and come back quickly. It's all right. It's a very good point. Like you know, I am, I am, I, I have brought up Allison's stats from this season. But if we go back to two years ago, actually, it was also one of the most error-prone players in the Premier League with four errors. And uh, even in that year, he wasn't that particularly good either, Andy. So just going to bypass your point there and uh, go along with it. No, excuse, excuse me, right? So you're saying two years ago, so 2019, he was had a bad season. Is that what you're saying? Uh, 2018-19, yeah, he committed four hours. So I'm going to take you through some individual awards he won in 2019, right? He won the best FIFA goalkeeper. He won the, the FIFA, FIFA Pro World Eleven. He's in 2019 and 2020. He's been in the Champions League squad of the season in 2017-18 and 2018-19. He was named UEFA Champions League goalkeeper of the season 2018-19. He's been named Serie A goalkeeper of the season in 2017-18. Okay, stop reading to Wikipedia. I just got a question to ask you. Um, so the second achievement actually caught me. What was it? The FIFA World Pro. Was it the FIFA FIFA Pro World Eleven? But... World Eleven. Okay, can you give that is a pretty prestigious award. So much so, can you give me the other ten players in that World Eleven? Right, so I'm gonna find this now. <laughs> no, 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 not without googling it off, off the top of your head. Hey, I, I don't because I can remember the Ballon d'Or of the last year and the year before, and the year before. I want to, you know, the football parallel level that's a, such a prestigious award that I want to know off the top of your head who else was in it. If we exclude, if excluding that, he won Cop America Golden Glove, Cop America Team of the Tournament both in 2019. He won, he was in seventh place in Ballon d'Or 2019, he was in UEFA Team of the Year 2019. He was fourth place for Men's Player of the Year, UEFA Men's Player of the Year 2018-19. And he uh, won goal of the season for Liverpool that season. Uh, I would like to counter those those are very big involved very big achievements he was involved in. And I'd like to counter it with the fact that Amazon Palmieri won the Champions League and Unai Emery won the Europa League. Yeah, but were they named manager? Were, were they named coach of the year? Were they named he's been named he's won these trophies and also. We don't know yet. That's not the end of the year yet. Yeah, but I'm saying that you you can't knock it because if he if he if he was that bad he wouldn't have won all these individual awards and also won these club awards. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I think worse players have won more individual awards than him. Yeah, the, what who? I, I know Amazon won Golden Boy, but who else are you thinking? Uh, uh Deli Ali won the Young Player of the Year two years in a row. Yeah, but he yeah, but he, he he was exceptional when when he first played. He was amazing when when he came through. Obviously, he had a bad spell now, but you can't base how he was then. Based on how he is now, could he when he won those awards, he was in good form, he was playing well. You're basing that on the fact that he's now playing bad and you think of him as a bad player, but actually if you look back when he broke through, how good he was, he was exceptional. So well, I think, you're I, I think on... Okay, hang on. The uh, separate question, let me quickly ask you, what's your opinion of Eden Hazard? Um Where Hazard do you rank him? Where do you is, do you reckon he's in the, the top ten best players of the last ten years? Or top five? Um I top think... ten. I'd say it's Premier League wise. I think he's definitely no, 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 there. in the world, in the world. Um, no, I, I, well, obviously, I think at one point he was when he when he was sort of having his best battle, Chelsea. I think he was at one. Oh, point so that when when he had the bad season, that kind of brought it down a bit. Well, no, now he's not playing well. Oh, we need to move on. <laughs> yeah, I think, 
never going to win. What's your, what's your point, Alex? I, I just don't get what your point is, to be honest. It's to troll you. <laughs> what's that to troll? What's your, point got, what's your point got to do with my point? I, I, don't, I don't get what, you, what, what you're alluding to here. Well, my point was that you were saying, you know, you're basing Alison off a bad season and another bad season 2018-19, but I, I told you about Hazard. You said, you know, when he was good, he was really good. Yeah, but you can't call Alisson the most overrated player of all time when he's had one bad season. <laughs> my view on Hazard is that he's like a great it. player who's had a struggle for injury lately. But I think if you get Hazard back to his best, he's one of the best players in the world. At least top 10 or 15, he's just in a bad run of form. It doesn't mean he's a bad player, he just, he's just in bad form. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll tell you this. In terms of Brazilian goalkeepers, he's overrated. Edison's better. Well, he's not. Edison makes, over over the course of his career, he's made, he's made just as many, if not more, mistakes than Alisson. Edison, look at the game against us when we won 4-3. Uh, I'll tell you what, Manu, when Scott to, to I'll, fa- I'll fact check that. I'll fact check that. And if you're right... right we're we're going to move on because I think you're... No, 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 no. It'll take me literally a second. We'll fact check that. If he's made more errors, I'll concede. Alright, uh, I've got it up Bear mind he's been playing for a, be- a, be- a more successful team over he's the last few years. He's not made more errors. Alisson's committed 12 in over the last three seasons. Edison has made six. Well, how many of those were... If you if you exclude last season, how many how many did each have? Because I do, I don't deny that Edison was better last season. I don't deny Edison was the best keeper out of the two last season. I'm not in denial of that. But how many was it the first two years they were in Premier League together? And also, Allison's the number one over Edison for Brazil. So no, he's not. Edison started the Copa America final. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair enough. I, 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 I googled that before I started arguing. No, when when, when Edison joined. City and Alison was still at Roma. Alison was number one. That, that I know. That I know for fact. You know, Andy. I tell you what, you're right. I'll change my answer. It's Kenny Dalglish. Well, I'm not happy. With him, <laughs> but I have to. I'd rather see that's on my era, but I think you can't call <laughs> that when he's he's named the best local player of all time over, over Gerard, who I think is amazing. But even Dalglish is named better over. Over Gerald, he's he's seen as the best player. There's a stand named after him in the in the cop. In Man, the, in the retired Jude Bellingham shirt number. Did you, I I went an Anfield tour on Sunday and there was a big stand. The Kent, the Sir, the Sir K. Dougley stand. There's a big stand. Think... There's a big stand of Michael Jackson out of Fulham Football Club. That's nothing to do with football, though, is it? Like that's based on you and having a friendship with him rather than what him, what Michael Jackson did on the football pitch. <laughs> You know, I'll let it slide now. You know, it's fun. It's fun. I feel bad. Well, I think you're upsetting a lot of people here. And I think that's your... Haven't got enough reason to put him in. So I'm going to have yours as blank. Um, <laughs> Ryan, who's yours? Um, what, my most overrated player? Yeah, overrated, yeah. Ryan Giggs. Well, this I sort of like to see because I don't like the man. But I'm intrigued by your, your reasoning. Well, just that he's talked about, you know, as a as a Premier League legend, he contributed 313 goals in 932 appearances at United. So a goal contribution of roughly around one every three games. Most of those were assists, to be fair. He was a winger. You know, he got about 100-odd goals in 900 appearances for playing in one of the most successful United teams of all time. I just didn't think he was ever that good. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't surpass. I don't believe more than twenty goal contributions in one season. And he was a bit of a prick. 
and he's a that mm, I, I try I not right. I, a, a massive prick. Yeah, I try not to make you know put a personal thing in mm. there, but I think you can't deny no, it. You, no, know, you, it, you can do that because it means no one's going to argue with us. <laughs> I mean, you are. I think the United <laughs> fans might come at us on Twitter. No, no, no. Ken, Ken, Kenny Dalglish. I, I thought the walls will come for me. I don't. I don't think it was going to come from Ryan Giggs. You've made a good call. We've already upset fucking <laughs> most of Liverpool, so. We can add Manchester to the list now and all. <laughs> Anywhere else up north? <laughs> oh, I, think, I think Spurs fans, by the judge of all the Arsenal players that have been mentioned in this list, probably Spurs <laughs> fans have been upset as well. Who cares about them? Uh, I, 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 I don't mind Spurs. Um, yeah, I, I do get the gigs things. I mean, I think the longevity thing does sort of add to that point of him being the best. But I do think he was... Obviously, he played as a winger most of his career, and he moves that centre field spot. I do think you've got to admire the way he sort of transformed his game and managed to last so long, and most still playing well at like mid thirties. But I definitely know a few Man U fans that are definitely of that opinion that he has, is overrated. So I do, I do get that. Um, and final was Naeem. Who have you gone for? Um, this one was a bit hard for me to choose, but I'm going to go with Mr. Harry Kane. Oh. That is Arsenal bias to a max. I'm no, glad no, you no, said no, it, no, not no, me. There's no, no bias. I'm, I'm taking out the the club like thing out of it. I'm, I'm, there's no denying he's a good player, but when it comes to you know the bit like when he when you think of world class players, you know you you want him to turn up in the big games, and more often than not, he doesn't turn up in in big games or like semi finals or finals. You know, like against obviously you guys in the Champions League. I know he's like half fit, but you know, he's he's their main man. You kind of rely on him, and yeah, he, he didn't do nothing. Mm. The Euros this year, he apart apart from the couple of goals he got, what else did he do? What else did he contribute to the team? So, I think with him, he needs to leave Spurs and um, ASAP. Otherwise, um, he, he'll be known as like a Premier League great striker, but a world class striker. I don't know, man. I'm not too sure, but. Yeah, I want to go with him because yeah, he gets talked about a lot, but he just doesn't turn up when when it matters. So until he does that, he's going to be overrated. Yeah, I mean anyone who's listened to his previous podcast knows that I'm a massive fan of Harry Kane, and I do think that both the, take a mind of both the Champions League final and also the um, what was it was it the um, the League Cup final? He wasn't fit for either, so I do think that for sort of half of the big games he's played, um, he hasn't been fit. But at the same time, at the same time, I do get the fact that yeah, he was. He was poor in the, in the Euros at times, and um, even looking back at the sort of the uh, the World Cup as well, he obviously had a great group stage, but he didn't really turn up in knockout. So I, I do get that to an extent, but I do think that um, maybe you know maybe you know he's going to work under you know one of the best managers of all time in Pep. Maybe that will maybe Pep will sort of help him sort of finally become that player that does turn up in big games. So I do think that Pep maybe if he does go to Man City, I do think Pep might be the man to. Um, change all that personally um right so we are now on to what may most likely be our final category due to timing um is our biggest footballing pet peeve now i'm gonna go first on this one um i'm gonna go for casual fans becoming pundits at major tournaments <laughs> this thing really bugs me it's the same thing for any sports whether that's you know six nations whether that's like the ashes whether that's um any major sporting event and it's particularly rife in Euros and World Cups where people like will have no interest no in football throughout the whole year. They'll say, oh, football's rubbish, it's too boring. They're all overpaid millionaires. They're all just kicking the ball around and it's boring. And when it comes to Euros and World Cup, they start watching it 
And they start giving opinions on the players. I'm thinking, wait a sec, you guys watch no football all year round, and yet you're sitting here telling me that my my opinion's wrong and that this player's doing that and that. Well, actually, you're watching it based on one game. So for me, it really annoys me. I mean, there's one thing as well when they keep, when they always mention, you know, I think like Vardy's story every year, they always mention, oh, Vardy was playing in non-league five years ago. That thing used to annoy me as well when they used to, Constantly mention sort of players that like, I remember Reese Williams. They kept mentioning for ages that oh he's playing non-league dash year now he's playing in the Champions League for Liverpool. So those, those kind of things annoy me. But um, for me, yeah, I think biggest footballing pet peeve for me is casual fans becoming pundits at major tournaments. Um, so uh, Alex, what's yours? And um, the word desire. That that's uh, my that's my football pet peeve. Uh, that one of everyone's heads. Okay, it, it it's. Also similar to the Euros, um, mainly uh, BBC Sport commentators is my pet peeve. Um, is that basically a savage dig? Yes, um, completely. It's because a good example was in the Euros. I, I think it was a game between Spain and Italy, or it might be Spain and Switzerland. I don't know. A player came back. A player made a really good recovery run. He timed his tackle from behind to perfection. Is really well done. He then got the ball back up and then made a very smart pass out. And Robbie Savage's analysis on that was it's good, it's good desire. Like it's just it's just shit. He might as well have just he might as well have just said that was pretty good. So I I it's more than pet peeve. I would like to eliminate the word desire from football analysis. <laughs> I mean I am against that. Cause I love Savage. So I don't want to see Savage be um, removed of his title. Oh, he's a nice um, guy. But he, he he's a nice guy. And I'm sure he knows more about me than football. But he doesn't look. He doesn't make it seem like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Savage is a legend. He he's he got love his bias and he got love his passion when he does games. But Ryan, what is yours? Mm, I nearly did mention about pundits in the game, but I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> uh my one is I mentioned it a few podcasts ago about uh people calling especially English players, streetwise. When it's not streetwise, it's just cheating. And that's what many, many foreign players have been labelled as over the years. The likes of, I mean, Perez, Arsenal was, um, although he might have done, you know, um, you know, he was obviously called out for it a lot. Uh, to be fair, Rooney's been called out for it, obviously being an English player um, a fair few times, not as often as he, as he should be. But, I just don't. It's it's mainly aimed at both. Um, it's, well, it's main mainly aimed at Harry Kane, which annoys me. But Sterling's another one as well. I do like Raheem Sterling a lot, but they just. It's not. I don't understand what how how it's streetwise to, you know, f- you know, fake a fake a challenge coming in, or you know, I understand you have to anticipate certain situations, but I mean Kane does it a lot. He does a certain thing where. You know, he backed he backs into a defender and then sort of leans forward, potentially causing the defender harm. Um, and he gets, you know, applauded for it when he shouldn't do. Uh so that's that's my big annoyance. Yeah, fair enough. I I, I can sort of see that to be honest. That that's totally fair enough. Um and finally, um, we're gonna probably struggle to get time to do our top ten. So we will do this in the podcast in a few weeks' time. We will do some more sort of topics like this. We'll add some more to the list. Um, but Naeem, our final point before we um, finish today: what is your biggest footballing pet peeve? 
I actually had quite a similar one to Ryan, um, but you actually mentioned something earlier on in the podcast what actually does get on my nerves. Um, recency bias, that's what you were saying. Um, oh, yeah. It's it's quite rife, like, online, you know, like, if you go on Twitter or whatnot. Like, a player will, like, play... Say if they have, like, five bad games, they say, oh, he's the worst player, this, that, the other, or if it's the other way around where, you know, if a player has, like, five good games, they'll be like, oh, he should be in, like, the national team squad, he should be this, that, the other. I'm thinking... You need to look at the whole season. You, need, you know, you need to look at the, the bigger picture rather than just focusing on just like a couple of games, um, sort of thing. So, and I think uh, pundits do it as well. Um, sometimes as well, you know, they they, are, they can be quite like biased um, towards like certain players as well. So yeah, recency bias that is one of my biggest pet peeves. But yeah, players um, play acting as well. Yeah, that gets on my nerves. But I know it's part of the game, and you know. Um, Obviously, you win fouls, you win penalties and whatnot. But, yeah, it just really gets on my nerves, especially when there's not been much contact and players just go rolling around like, you know, like they've been shot or something. So, yeah, that's that's that's, that's my, um, well, two of my biggest pet peeves in football. Yeah, I mean, for me, recently bias is one. It's actually a great shout. That's something that really gets on my nerves is that um, even things that people will do there, you know, people will, do, will call, like, some people, they'll do their, t- their Premier League Dream Eleven. And they're basing on just one season where actually um, people often, for me, confuse um, someone having a good season with someone being the best. I mean, someone could have a better season but be a worse player. So, for example, going back to our previous point, Edison had a better season than Allison, but Allison's a better goalkeeper than Edison. Mm. Um, and I think there's other scenarios where, for example, uh, players will be called, oh, he's better than this person, but actually they've had a worse season. I think people focus yeah. on the present rather than looking at the overall bigger picture in, in my opinion so yeah recently bias is a great one it's so just sorry, sorry 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 to but sorry to but in andy um just uh, a a quick point on that as well is i find that's quite rife on twitter with a lot of the younger generation yeah they don't seem to appreciate how good players were i mean i saw some something today that a screenshot that i'll send to you andy in that someone genuinely put forward an argument that Roberto Firmino is better than Alan Shearer. Oh, I saw that. I saw uh, that. I, I think, I'm guessing I saw that. Yeah, you liked it or something. I, mean, I, I thought it was a joke at first, and then I actually <laughs> saw that he tried to make an argument for it. Oh, it shocking. Yeah. I mean, everyone here knows that I love Firmino. He's one of my top players of all time for Liverpool. One of my favourite players I've seen at the club. But Shearer's a better player. I, I can't deny that. Shearer's probably, for me, the second best attacking player if not third best in Premier League history behind Henri and I can't think of anyone else really. Mm. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think some people, I'm guessing that person was below a certain age and they haven't seen Shearer play. I mean, even I yeah. was probably too young. I mean, I caught sort of Shearer towards the end of his career when I started watching football, mm. sort of 2002 time. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that people probably just haven't I mean, watched him play. You've only got to watch, you know, Premier League years, or yeah. or, yeah. or or just look at, you know, you know, things on YouTube to see how good these players were. And just because they're not yeah. watching them week in week out, unfortunately, these, you know, these kind of players get forgotten about. But yeah, it's a good point. We'll, we'll still like, keep them alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep the spirit of them going. But I think that, like, I always think one of my favourite ever non-Liverpool players is Patrick Vieira, and really, he was only really sort of coming towards the mid. Or mm. slash towards the end of his career, when I saw, I'll see when I first came across him, it was sort of you know watching him in the Invincibles and all that. But then that was still 
me sort of only watching it on match a day, not watching games in full. So I yeah. do think that some players can just be really old, but you can still love to watch them. Like even like Maradona and Pele, they're still seen as the best players of all time, and they're sort of from years ago. So yeah. yeah, I I think some people, I think yeah, I think that's 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 one of the worst opinions I've seen in a while. Um, as much as I love you, Bobby. Um, <laughs> right. So that concludes our podcast for this week. I'm just going to run through, recap all of our um, our sort of awards and nominations. Um, and we will do a, a poll on Twitter and we will reveal the, the, the results next week. So, best goal of the last 10 years. I went for Gareth Bale against Liverpool. Um, Alex went for Zlatan Ibrahimovic against England. Um, Ryan went for um, Kevin Prince-Boateng against Villarreal. And Naeem when for Jack Wilshire against Norwich. Now, the next Ballon d'Or winner, both myself, uh, Naeem and Alex all went for Messi, whereas Ryan went for Erling Haaland. Um, the best goal no one ever talks about, and uh, Ryan went for Santi Gazzola against Hull City in the FA Cup final. Um, Naeem went for Hyung Min Son against Burnley. Um, Alex went for Michael Essien against Barcelona, and I went for Matt Phillips against, against uh, Crystal Palace. Um, the most Underrated player of all time, Alex went for Neymar, Ryan went for Gabriel Batistuta, I went for Dennis Irwin, and Cazorla went for, the Naeem went for Santi Cazorla. Um, most overrated player of all time, I went for Neymar, um, Alex went for um, for no one, um, no, I'm joking, he went for, he went for Dalglish, which I still is baffled me, um, Ryan went for Ryan Giggs, um, and Naeem went for Harry Kane, and then finally, um, our biggest footballing pet peeves, I went for casual fans becoming pundits in major tournaments. Um, Alex went for the overuse of the word desire um, in commentary. Uh, Ryan went for people calling players streetwise when they're just cheating. And Nye went for recently biased. So that does conclude our podcast for this week. I hope you've all enjoyed. Um, we will be back next week for a roundup of the European leagues. Uh, once again, over any recent transfers and and, and the like. So I've been your host, Andy, once again, and this has been Alex, this has been Naeem, and this has been Ryan. Thank you. See you later, guys.